0: is well. The heat is killing everybody, I know that. But, you know, I don't think we have it as bad as the Israelites had it, if you think about it. I think they had a little tougher time. So tonight we're going to talk about Hebrews 11:28 28 and 29. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle the blood on the doorways so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea, as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they all drowned. So back to Hebrews 11:28. 28. You know, I've read that verse a thousand times, and I thought, it just kind of seems weird to throw that in there. Then I had to study for it. I thought, you know what, it's not so weird that they threw that in there. Because it was really by faith that everybody had to listen to Moses. They had been slaves. The Israelites had been slaves for nearly 400 years. Now is the time for them to leave and go to the land that God had promised to give their ancestors. So God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh in Exodus 7.16, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, Let my people go. Pharaoh wouldn't do it. Pharaoh was stubborn, and he had a hardened heart. He didn't have a relationship with God. He wouldn't let the Israelite slaves leave Egypt. So in response, God sent nine plagues. Each one was worse than the first. They got worse and worse and worse. God warned all of his people that the last plague would affect everyone if they didn't follow the Passover. The Passover meant so much. It was vital to their existence. So Moses told all of Israel, not just the Egyptians, but the Jews, that if they didn't follow the Passover, the angel of death was going to come strike down their firstborn son. That's kind of scary, to think that my firstborn son is going to die because I didn't follow the Passover, that I didn't honor what God had set up for us. But Pharaoh didn't care. Pharaoh didn't believe it. Pharaoh thought, I've got enough money. I have enough power. I'm the ruler. And besides, Moses is kind of like myself. Yeah. Even though Moses denied it and turned away from that and didn't take the right that he had, he stuck with his birthright. He stuck with God. But, you know, being a decent person, being a Jew by birth, None of that, being a hardworking person, none of that was going to save them. Each family not only had to believe that what Moses said was true, they had to act on it. There comes the faith again. It's, a, it's an action word. Faith is an act. It's an action word. If you can have faith, but you do nothing with it, where's your faith? You must act if you have faith. Each family had to be told, had to believe and know that they know that they know that if they didn't put the blood over the doorsteps, their firstborn was going to be killed. Nothing else could save them. Even Pharaoh lost his son, his firstborn, because he didn't believe. He didn't have faith and he didn't act upon anything because he had no faith. The faith of Moses couldn't cover anybody. Each family had to make that decision. Each family had to have faith. Each family had to take action for themselves. They couldn't rely on Moses' faith. They couldn't rely on their neighbor's faith. They had to have faith and take action upon their faith. The directions were very clear, as they had been in Exodus 12:13. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are and when I see the blood I will pass over you no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt that's an incredible promise incredible promise and if you have faith and you believe that you acted upon it and if you didn't you suffered the consequences but you were warned you were told, put the blood over your doorstops or your firstborn is going to be taken by the angel of death. That night, the Egyptians' firstborn sons died, even Pharaoh's firstborn son. All the money in the world didn't save him. All the wealth, all the riches, all the power that Pharaoh had did nothing to save his son. So in the middle of the night, he called Moses and said, take your people and go." I can't do this anymore. Just take your people and go. So they had asked their neighbors and everything for their jewels, all the Egyptians, can we have your jewels? We need to go. And everybody said, oh, let's go, let's go. The townspeople wanted them to leave because they believed that Moses was bringing this about. The Passover was not only an act of faith, similar to those that we've already read about in Hebrews 11, where Abel. able worshiped by faith. Enoch walked by faith. Abraham went by faith. Noah obeyed obeyed by faith. Isaac recognized the will of God by faith. Jacob leaned on his staff by faith. And Joseph lived out his death by faith. It clearly shows that living out our faith, we must take action. If I was to crumple up this piece of paper, sorry, that hurt your ears. <laughs> crumple up this piece of paper and say, "Okay, I'm going to catch it." And I just stood here with it. How many of you can catch it? So if I say catch it and I throw it, then you can catch it. I had to ask. You had to ask because if you had just sat there and watched it go by, you couldn't catch it. I don't think that now. <laughs> Hope that was the right page but we must take action. Our faith must show. Faith requires action, to see beyond what we can see, and to trust that God is in control. God's promises, God's word, everything holds true, even when we can't see why. That's faith, but again, faith requires action. Think about the Red Sea in hebrews eleven twenty nine it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to follow, they got swallowed up and drowned. Moses took his people to the sea as directed in exodus four one through three Then the Lord said to Moses, "Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near, and i 'm going to mess up the name Pi <laughs> hi." Hi-Hi-Roth, between Migdal and the sea. <coughs> Excuse me. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think that the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert and hemmed in by the sea. So Exodus 14, 10, 12 tells us, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been far better to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Here they are waiting for God to save them, but not positive that he would. Kind of like our faith. Oh, I believe, I believe, I believe. But I'm not sure God can handle that as well as I can. I can handle it a little better, at least a little quicker. Have you ever felt that the world is just going to swallow you up and you'd be better off dying? I'm sure some of us, if not all of us, have felt that way at some point. When my daughter died, I wanted to die. I just couldn't deal with it. I just wanted the world to swallow me up. But I knew that I had a pur- That she had a purpose in my life, and I knew that there was a purpose. And I had so many people praying for me. And my faith was there, but it was small. It was so small that my faith of my friends kept me on my knees so that I could get through it. But I did. I wanted to just die. God's instruction to Moses was stop praying, start doing. That's how I had to get through the death of my daughter. Because praying every day did nothing. It did. It comforted me to a degree. But I had to start living again. I had to start following God's word again. I had to get back on my knees and say, okay, God, I can do this because of you. And the Lord said to Moses in Exodus 14 and 15 and 16, "Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it." Kind of like we have here the roads. They're just—it's a good visual for us. My place. <laughs> and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I will indeed harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh, and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen, then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. After Pharaoh realized they all they let all of the Israelites go, they changed their minds. Go figure. Exodus 14, 5 through 7. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds and said, What have we done? We've let the Israelites go, but we've lost our minds. We've lost all their services. Now we have to do the work. Now we have to do these things. So he made his chariots ready, took his army with him. He took 600 of his best chariots, along with other chariots of Egypt and officers from all over. Moses did his directions. He raised his staff, stretched out his hands and the sea part. Can you imagine walking through a wall of water on both sides of you? You just saw it cover the whole land. And here you, <laughs> Moses is telling you, let's go forth. And you're going to walk through that wall of water, that faith. But again, if that faith took action, just standing there on the bank would have gotten them anywhere. Would have gotten themselves. They had to act upon their faith. So they went through. God used the miracle of the parting of the sea to speak to Egypt, just as he used it to speak to Israel. In Exodus 5-2, Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. God showed his power, his omnipotence, and exactly who he is. Pharaoh let them go. You know, the other day... Uh, I guess it was Thursday. I sent out an email that said, if you have some time and you're available and you're in town, we have a brother and sister at our church that could use some help moving some furniture. You had to make a choice. You had to read that email, and you had to say, I'm in town. I can do it. I'll go help. Or you said, no, I really want to go to the beach. It's too hot to work. It's too hot to do this. That was an action. Either way, it took an action. Either you went and helped, or you didn't. Either way, it was an act of faith or lack of faith, or whatever you want to call it. They have some people come home and they got it all done by the grace of God. It got done. We have to wonder, is it our minds that says, you know, I need to go get groceries today. Or I really want to go to the beach. Or I just want to stay in my house where it's nice and cool. Or do I want to give up myself and help my brother and sister? Some of some of us were not available. Some of us physically can't do things. Some of us had other things. So it's not everybody that I'm pointing at, including myself, because I didn't go. I had to make a choice. But again, it was an act. I had to act upon my faith. I either stay, or I go and help. But if you stayed home because you just didn't feel like going. What does that show us? What does that show your neighbors? What does that show your brothers and sisters? Are we living out our faith? In Ephesians 3.10, the New Living Translation, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. When God delivers us from a temptation or a crisis, it's as much a testimony to our invisible adversaries as it is to us. Think about it. How many times are people waiting for you to fail? How many of your neighbors, your coworkers, family members are waiting for you to drop the ball and to not handle the crises in your life as disciples of Christ? They're waiting for you to mess up. So every time we make the right choice, we're showing them, you know what? It's not easy, but I'm asking on my faith and believing in God. Beloved, we must recognize who God is. We must fully rely on God. And we have to share with others what God has done in our lives. To be true disciples of Christ, We must deny our own selfishness, our own pleasures, our own ways, and take up the cross. We must be light and salt and examples of what a mighty God we serve. Moses set the example for us, as did the others in the Hall of Faith. In all these things, Moses shared who God is. He denied Pharaoh's family. He was offered that family line, and he denied it. He walked away from the wealth and the prestige to follow God. That's, again, faith in action. All of these things that are asking us to believe and to have faith require us to act. Luke 9.23, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. It doesn't just mean take up the cross one time. It doesn't mean take up your cross when you feel like it. Take up your cross and follow him. Again, it's an act of faith. You must take action. Matthew 10, 38. Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Mark 834. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples. He told them, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This makes it pretty clear. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you must set aside your personal gains, your personal wants, your wishes, your desires, and follow Jesus and his commands. Again, action. You can't just read the word. And expect everything to be wonderful. It's not going to be wonderful. Even when you take up your cross and follow him, it's not going to be all roses. It's going to be tough. But that's okay. Because you're taking up your cross, you're following Jesus. He's there. He's got you. Is he going to allow you to go through struggles and trials and tribulations? Absolutely but we can't be light and salt to the world if we're not doing that. If we're just going along happy, everything's wonderful, our neighbors go, oh. it's easy to be a Christian in her house. She doesn't have any struggle. But when they watch you go through these trials, when they watch you struggle and stumble, but get back up, then they say, wait a minute, there's something to this. Their world just fell apart. For the rest of us it would have been devastating but they got back up how big is it? we have to be salt and light there is a time for everything as we don't sing the song because i'll start singing with you ecclesiastes 3 1, 1. there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven james two twenty six. as the body without the spirit is dead So faith without deeds is dead. It doesn't mean faith is dead. But your faith makes you want to do good things. Your faith makes you want to do things for the kingdom of God. There are so many other verses that show us the belief is not all about what is required of us. We not only have to have faith, but we must act on our belief and our faith. Remember, faith requires action. It's not a wish. It's not a belief. It's not a hope. We have to be actively behave, believing and living our faith. We must behave in a manner that reflects who God is in our lives. We must walk the walk and not just talk. The world is watching to see how we fall. The world is watching to see how we handle things. The world is watching to see if we really are who we claim to be, disciples of Christ. They're looking to see how we behave in the trials and our unfavorable circumstances. They don't care how we behave when the world has gone great for us. They want to see what we do when the world is not so wonderful, when our kids are struggling and our kids are hurting. who they want to see. They want to believe. And if we show them our faith, they start to pick up on it. They start to get encouraged by that. We have to be living examples. James 2.14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anybody? So how are you going to show your faith this week? You're going to show a family member that even with the struggle, you're going to have faith and you're going to act upon that faith. You're going to show a coworker that even though your car broke, you've had car issues, car accidents, you're still going to be acting up in faith. You're still going to be a disciple of Christ. You're going to show your neighbor when they cut down your tree and you really didn't want them to? Or are you going to show the people at Dunkin' Donuts when they overbook your room and say, well, I have no place for you to go? Are you going to, ask to show the person on the corner that's asking for food? Or are you just going to walk right by, and maybe roll up your window and lock the door? And say, oh, I'll pray for you as your fast away. We must act on our faith for others to see a difference, for others to see who Christ is in our lives. If we don't do that, we're not taking up our thoughts and following Jesus. Faith requires action. Faith is an active word. All those people we've read about, all those people we've heard about for weeks, they had to take action. We have to take action. So I'm challenging you this week. Find a place, find a person that you can share your faith with by acting upon. it. Faith requires action. Are you ready to get into action? Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you love us.